Welcome guys to another episode of the Monkey Mind Journal. Again, it's your boy Woo. I'm out here stepping out of my comfort zone today. Decided to record episode in public. Um, I'm at a local park, so this is um, very, very weird. But again, I don't know if I said it before in the last one, but if I haven't, I'm on a journey of just pushing myself these next few years. So this is definitely one of those uh, growing moments. Hopefully you guys can see me well. I can't really see the camera. I should be good. Um, yeah, I, I believe we're good. Let me double check it maybe. I should be all right. But again, welcome to another episode. Hope you guys enjoyed the last one. Um, and I'm back with another packed episode. I do want to apologize first about any audio issues. I'm using an iPhone. If you are, if you guys aren't watching the video version, I'm recording this on my iPhone 12. So hopefully it sounds pretty decent. It might be picking up all the background noise, but I hope that it, um, it suffice. <laughs> but yeah, y'all, how y'all been? Hope you guys have been good. Um, do me a favor, do some housekeeping. If you guys enjoy this episode, do me a favor and share it with one person. I would very much appreciate that. Just share one person. If you got a gem from this video, I got a few things to share, um, some insights. Um, but yeah, it helps out. Spread the word. Also, do me a favor, go on Apple Podcasts and rate it five stars or Spotify if you're on Spotify and and like the video, subscribe. Uh, another video, I apologize. The audio, if you're watching the video version, like and subscribe as well. Um, always appreciate it. But to get right into it, you know, I I had recently, not recently, literally yesterday, I went to a 60-year-old, 60-year-old's birthday party. Um, I got invited as a plus one and there was something, you know, as you, I always do this thing when I'm, maybe cause I'm a camera guy, I always look around and like pan the scene. And as I was looking around this, this lady 60th birthday party, she had a, like a slew of tables. It's a lot of tables going around. And I was thinking to myself in that moment, and I, I spoke it to my friend Charles that I, I don't know if I'd be able to fill up those tables. It was a weird it was a weird thought, you know, like would I if I had a birthday party, my next birthday party, which would be twenty seven, would I be able to fill up as many tables as this lady did? Granted she's sixty, but nonetheless I just thought to myself that like how many people would I invite to my birthday, you know? Um and that kinda that kinda took me down a, a, a self reflective thought uh, just about you know, the people in my life, the people that I love. Um, and if I'm making time for those people in my life and vice versa. Um, that was just pretty much the question right there. Like, you know, just ref reflective. It made me think of like all the people because I started to like name the potential people I'd invite. And it is a lot of people, you know, I've, I've been blessed to have a lot of good people in my life. Um, And in that blessing, I, I, I want to spend more time with those people. Like, I feel like 
granted it's all within reason because I do have my own things and goals and whatnot going on, but I do want to make more time in the next phase of my life. And I, I want to share that just in case somebody else might be feeling that same way or even poke the that thought. Hey, if anything, I'm into journaling. If you guys aren't into journaling, I would recommend it. This is That would be a good journal prompt like, you know, how many tables can you fit? Could you fill? We're talking about like, you know, five, six people at a table at a birthday party with the friends that you have, you know, I don't know. Cool prompt, that, a cool uh, perspective to think about, think about it from. But yeah, I really, I was thinking about that yesterday. Shout out to Rose, 60th birthday, blessing to be 60, blessing to have so many people that she cares about at 60. She even had a friend who said she knew them. She's known since kindergarten. Like to imagine to know somebody from kindergarten to 60 is just a blessing. That's like what, 55 years? Like, <laughs> that's so dope to me. But yeah, that was just something that came to mind initially. I do want to get into some of these topics I have. Um, give me a second, let me look at them. I have them on my phone as I'm recording with my phone. Uh, oh. So I saw some stuff, a lot of stuff been going on lately in the news. I might be a little late as of as the time of this recording, but there was a there was a video I saw on Instagram that I kind of wanted to talk about. Not really newsworthy, but it's something interesting. There's this there's this girl that I follow. Um her name's Erin. I can't remember her name complete her complete Instagram handle. I'll put it like somewhere in the video. Um but she made a video talking about how marriage is, is like a business. And how her and her husband, they do these, um, what would I say, business meetings, these marriage meetings to make sure everything um, is on track and is on course and whatnot. Um, and personally, I thought it was a pretty dope idea. Um, at least especially something to explore with, with a partner as far as being on the same terms, but I was tripped out by how many people in the comment section were like, this thought it was weird. You know, there's a lot of people in the comment section saying, why can't love be enough? And while like I agree with that notion from like a completely like, what word I use? Emotional standpoint, rationally, especially, I don't know. I just I just don't see how having meetings maybe the, maybe the, maybe it's the word meeting. I don't know how like keeping up with somebody like sitting down with your partner once a week how that can be seen as like not love, not an act of love, not that's unnatural like forcing it. Like that's that's nuts to me. Um sorry, there's a guy right there with a shovel for some reason. But yeah, that's just, that's just what I was um, really really thinking about. Cause even though I haven't enacted it in my own personal relationship, I I would I could see myself doing that in the future. I don't know. Um, I think doing having proper check ins to make sure that everybody is on the same page, or if they if we're getting off track that we're getting back on track, you know, like, I don't see how that's unloving. 
Um, yeah, sorry for the pause and the silence, but I'm just really thinking about it. Like, how how else are you supposed to do it? Like, if, if we if if I want to follow the notion of is love enough? Like, what happens when love isn't enough? You know, what happens when some you know something somebody falls short you know what happens when like you know like the whole age old thing like oh you're supposed to read my mind be able to read my mind like what happens when someone fails to do that and there's a big miscommunication like do you just like it's just that you just end it I mean, like, sounds cool in a relationship, but as far as, like, a marriage, like, at least the way that I believe marriage, like, for me, it just doesn't work that way. I don't see myself, like, we're getting, you know, I just don't see myself letting it get to that point. It's kind of, it's kind of weird. And it was, you know, to see people in the comment section, again, of that video and just really, like, you can tell it's like, visceral reactions. Like, these are just gut feelings. Like, I can never imagine myself in a marriage, like, doing something like this, like, this is a capitalistic ideal of marriage, like, what? <laughs> like, what? And don't get me wrong, like, we've had to adjust it because we probably working more away from home than we ever have in history, but capitalistic to check in with your boo once a week, once a month at least, like, wow. I don't know, I just wanted to share that. I don't know, and if you, I want to hear your guys' thoughts on that, you know? Again, this this monkey mind journal is all about kind of like dialogue. So, I'm bringing I'm bringing forth these prompts you might say these topics, and I do want to hear from you guys. Um, for those who are watching, like either if it's on the newsletter, or if it's in the comment section on in the comment section, or whatever. Like I want you to let me know what you think about about that because I just think it's crazy. I don't, I don't even think it's crazy. I just want to understand why it feels like almost unemotional to check in with your boo. And maybe it's just the wording of it that was thrown off, but yeah, it, it really tripped me up, really tripped me up. Um, there were some other things that happened. I don't know, I don't know if you guys have been, have been following the news, but um, the UAW, um, which I believe is the, let me see if I remember it, if I wrote it in here. I think it's United, it's like the United Automakers uh, Union. The, no, Union of Auto Workers. That's what UAW is. The Union of Auto Workers. They've recently went on strike, uh, specifically Ford, GM, and Stellaris, I think it is. Stellantis? Stellantis. Stellaris. It's, I guess like a game term. But, yeah, Stellantis. They all went on strike. You know, they felt like they, one, weren't getting paid enough. Two, felt like they're working too much. And three, they feel a way that the cars that they build, they can't afford, you know, which... I think are all valid claims. So there's a lot of demands they're they're asking for, you know, 46% raise, you know, uh, more benefits, things like that. But one of the things that they asked for that really stood out to me was they want a 32-hour work week. You know, I, sorry about that. I got distracted, but. Yeah, they want they want a thirty-two hour work week, which is um, so it's like a new thing that's coming up. The four-day work week has been coming up more and more often, 
And I don't know. I'm kind of here for it. Kind of here for it. Especially when I, when I think about, like, the people who, like, do, like, work. Like, as far as, like, factories and stuff like that. I don't see the problem with giving 32, you know, a 32-hour workday. In most scenarios, like, I feel like the only time it would be hard is probably with, like, grocery stores. You know, like, places that people, like, you know, gas stations. Like, stuff like that might be hard. But even then, I feel like that would just be a scheduling issue and not really a true problem. I think the issue we do run into is pay because people want 32 hours and also get paid 40 hours. And while I do think that's possible, I think that's a tough sale for, you know, the business. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like, you know, as someone as someone who's seen the benefit of a four day work week, specifically four tens, you know, my dad works four tens and gets Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. I feel like getting those three days off just breeds a better work week. I know, like, we've said it many times, especially if you went to school, like, the weekend is not enough. And then every time we get a three-day weekend, it's like, man, I'm just so glad to have that three-day weekend. I'm like, I just feel like why haven't we, you know, looked at that and really started working towards that in a better way? Again, I don't know if the solution is per se a 32-hour work week, especially when you're talking about, you know, the business has to still pay you the same. But I do feel like, you know, why not Why not give the option of four tens? And some, some businesses do give an option of four tens. I don't know. what I want to know what's your guys' thoughts on having like a four-day work week. I think it's pretty, I think it's pretty fly. I think, I feel like if I had Friday, Saturday, Sunday off, one, that way like help when it comes to doctors. But granted, I feel like everybody will be, or even like, even if, you could choose between a Friday or a Monday. Like, that would be so fucking dope. Like, Saturday, Sunday, like, you you get a day to chill. You get a day to do what you want to do. And then you get a day to, like, handle, like, the errands. I guess you could say, like, going to the doctor and whatnot. What I haven't taken a day off and, like, use sick time, you know? Like, I don't know. I, I've seen some studies and I've seen some businesses do the 32, the four-day work week. I've seen some people where they give the optional Wednesday off, uh, no pay Wednesday, but you get to work Monday, Tuesday, off Wednesday, work Thursday, Friday, and then off Saturday, Sunday. And there's been success in that, you know, where people just get to enjoy. Basically, the people, they say they come back to work feeling refreshed. They don't ever feel overworked because it's just you constantly have a rest. Not constantly, but you have more rest. So I think... I do I do want to say that I feel like in the next probably five, five, ten years, especially in these more creative fields, I think the four-day slash 32-hour work week is, is going to become more and more popular, um, especially with places that have, like, higher caps for dollars where, where people are getting paid so much money. I'm, I feel like people would be okay with taking a, a small price cut to get one more day off. Or even if, you know, they're able to maintain bringing in that amount of money or even increase productivity, paying somebody the same amount of money to work one less day would just be, it's like a no-brainer. So, yeah, I wanted to share that with you guys and to kind of be on the lookout for that and, like, explore that concept in yourselves. Because I do, I do feel like we as people, and especially in America, just work so much, you know, even in other countries, it's like they have, like, a two-hour break period for lunch and stuff like that like i feel like 
this might be our version of of getting that break that we that we're needed in society you know i just feel like it's mando so something to explore something i thought was pretty dope um i want to i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna share oh i do want to i do want to share something I, i saw i don't know if you guys remember you know barnum and bailey circus you know they were in controversy like years ago about obviously having animal animal actors or animal um cast members what would you call them circus members they had animal animal members in there as part of their uh acts and they definitely went under fire because of the you know the the standards in which they kept them under just wasn't up to people's par so they were under a lot of scrutiny um for i think they almost had like 100 years of performing until they had to close down uh well not close down but basically reevaluate how they're going to go about it but they're returning barnum and bailey is returning with a new circus this circus has no animal acts um and i think it's so dope to see a company that's so old you know almost 100 years old i think it might be i think it might be over 100 because i remember correctly like they teamed up with a, another circus that also was was running before them but if it's not 100 it's almost 100 years and to see them be able to have the ability to you know sit back reflect and evolve as a circus and create a new experience for for people i'm i just think that's so sorry for the kid crying in the background i just think that's so fly and i can't i can't wait to see you know what's gonna happen there's a yahoo article i'm gonna put in this um by the way if you guys don't follow the newsletter do me a favor and go to the monkey mind journal uh dot substack.com i'll put it in the description go there because when i send out these videos i send out the resources i'm going to put in a, a yahoo article about the barnum and bailey circus it gives some insight on the history and whatnot really really dope read i recommend reading it because you know it's also like just inspiring to me that if a 100 year old business that's been successful still takes the time to reflect and evolve like why wouldn't we as people make sure to do the same you know like I know sometimes we can get stuck in our ways and th we want it to be this specific way, but there is there there definitely needs to be some form of evolution um, in how we do things. And I, I mean, that goes back to the 32-hour work week things. I feel like we're, just, we're at a, a place in society, as far as American society, is that everything is evolving and we're going to, we're getting into a new normal. So definitely can't wait to, wait to see that. And I'm, I think we need to breathe that and, and kind of push that forward, forward. And I think I can't wait till the Barnum Bailey shows up in Sacramento because um, I'm going to go. I want to see what this next, you know, see what that what this these new acts are like. I feel like, you know, I've been to Cirque du Soleil and I've seen what the non-human acts, the possibility of non-human acts. So I can't wait to see how Barnum and Bailey, because they said they still maintain the original, you know, trueness of the of the circus so i want to see how they've interpreted that in 2023 to a size 2024 you know in the modern century in the modern era i can't i just can't wait to see that um yeah i'm gonna go into sharing some gems now uh sorry if i'm not 
like kind of going too deep into these. Again, I'm, I'm kind of out here in the public. I'm not the. I'm starting to kind of get comfortable, but you know, it isn't the most comfortable. And I didn't. I probably should expand it on those notes a little bit better. But I do have some gems for the week. Um, I was watching uh, Colin and Samir's podcast. They got the full. Is is it's called the? I think it's called the full story of insert person here. Uh, Colin Samir has a podcast where they they interview YouTube stars and kind of just explore, you know, the journey of being a YouTuber. At, and it's it's so dope because as Colin Samir, who are YouTubers, they have a lot more insight on how on what questions to ask and how to even talk to them in a, in a certain way. So I kind of love that. But the gym that stuck out for me, um, there was a part where Colin Samir were talking to Michelle and um, they're just talking about like kind of the gall of creating a YouTube channel, like trying to maintain that bravery, that fearlessness of making a YouTube channel. And they feel like that. Well, they said that's what they feel like is the key to being successful is to one start doing it but then it's becomes a maintaining act of maintaining that because and i i haven't experienced this fully but i've kind of get what they're saying where as people start to watch you start to become more conscious that people are watching and you become less brave in those moments and it's about kind of still it's, it's about maintaining that as much as possible in the growth phases of youtube and this is what he said in in quotes um, because they were they were struggling with, you know, making it a full time career. Colin Samir was struggling with making it a, a full time career, and he was he was saying when they were doubting themselves, this is something they they would remind themselves to keep pushing forward. We believe that we have it in us to make this a career. We just haven't solved it yet. And I don't know that just really like hit home for me. Like it's not that. We haven't, it's not that it's not working for me. It's not that this might not be for me, at least speaking to myself. It's just, I haven't figured it out yet. I haven't solved the problem, you know? Like there's a lot of comfort in that. It's not that, oh, maybe I made the mistake. Maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Maybe I should just give it up. I just haven't solved the formula. I haven't solved for X. You know, and it's about that perseverance to solve the issue. And like you said, being reflective and constantly getting better and pushing yourself like that really is. I, I imagine that's it from all the people that I've seen have been successful, successful is that they've had to break through barriers. You know, they've had to solve complex problems and find unique solutions. It It wasn't. You know, nobody, no YouTuber has the same career. Nobody has the same trajectory, but they all have the same success, you know, or similar success, I should say. And it, it came by solving these, you know, figuring out how to solve that issue, their issue. Um, so I wanted to share that with you guys that, you know, whatever you're doing, you might be struggling with it. Um, but before you get to that point where you're like, maybe this is not for me. Sorry, I was Nick correct. Before you get to the point where you say it's not for me, maybe take a step back and, and realize maybe I just haven't solved it yet and explore it from that perspective. Okay, I know I want to do this. I know we can make it work because there's examples of success. We just haven't solved it for ourselves or I haven't solved it for myself. And 
that's the focus and the goal. How do I find a solution for myself? So I thought that was very powerful and I really wanted to to share that. Um, again, make sure you guys, um, if you guys aren't subscribed to the, to the Substack um, blog, make sure you do it. You get the audio version sent straight to your email. Um, every time I post these and you get all the resources and the notes that I took. So make sure you do that. This video will be in there. But if you're not, look up Michelle Carre. That was her. It was her um, her episode that they did this on on the Colin Samir podcast. Um, granted, it's been a lot of podcasts this week. I, I watched um, the TMG Studios podcast, the Tiny Meat Gang with um, Cody Co. And, oh, shoot, don't tell me I'm afraid of his name. No. No, Noel Miller. Oof, got nervous. Thought I forgot my boy Noel for a second. But, yeah, the TMZ podcast with Cody Co. and Noel. They had Cutie Cinderella on, which is, um, she was a streamer, um, dope streamer, you know, girlfriend to one of my favorite streamers, which is, um, Jesus, why am I forgetting everybody's name? This is blanking on me. Oh no, the subathon, the subathon, the subathon. Anyways, how can, funny, right? My favorite streamer, can't remember his name. Yeah, well, he'll come to me later. But they had her, they had her on the podcast, on their podcast, and it, it was a really dope conversation, really organic conversation. Um, but again, as she was speaking about like what she's been doing, because even though she's been streaming, she's also been doing these community events. You know, like she did something called Streamer Camp where she got a bunch of streamers, got them all almost basically in the same room or vicinity. And they all were streaming together and they had different events. And it was like a, it was like a, a whole scenario that people could be a part of. And as she was speaking about it, she just feels like in her adult life, she craves that more. She craves that community that like she loves and I, I I can contest this as somebody who's part of the Twitch community or who was a part of the Twitch community and had friends that I communicated with almost on a daily basis it really she was realizing that in doing this I know all these people but I've never been able to sit down and just hang out with these people like if we're doing it in, in front of a camera it's under the guise of content it's almost under the guise of work and while what they do is a dope, a dope job and a dope career, I really did feel her on that. Where it's like I wanted to, she wanted to create something where she got her friends basically together, and it's also like sim, like symbiotic, like it's beneficial. You get something out of it. Um, and she was saying like out of all the things that she did, the, the things that they did in those events, the the dopest part is when they were all just sitting on the couch, just chopping it up. And I really felt that as far as like. She said that's what guides her to do like new events and keep on doing these events as, as stressful as they are. She did the streamer awards as well, um, which is again so dope. I, I love that, you know, she's offering some recognition for these people who really do work hard and do some dope things. And you know, shout out to her for again being the first. Her, her boyfriend's name is Ludwig. It's Ludwig. Shout out Ludwig. But yeah, she does these events and gives recognition to people. Um. I think it's so dope. So, yeah, I just wanted to share that too, like to kind of think about the, in our lives about the community aspect of it because I do at one point want to 
create events. Uh, people who know me in my personal life, shout out to my friends. They know that I'm a host. I love to host. I love to cook for my friends. I love to get everybody together. I love to create games and things like that. And even though I don't always have the most time to do those things or really go gung-ho on that, I do, as I get older and I get to a, a more successful place, that is the goal to, that's the motivation to do more. You know, I want to have my closest people to me, some of the people I love and enjoy ourselves and do fun stuff, you know, like I want to go volcano surfing. I want to go travel. I want to, you know, just sit on a, sit on a big old couch and watch a movie. Like I, these are things that I want to do with some of the closest people and, you know, I'm, I'm going to do those things. And I just, I just thought it was really dope the way that she, she talked about it, how you can, in having that feeling, you can also do something, I guess you could say productive with it, like creating the streamer awards is like dope, you know, I'm like, I think she she told a story about there's one streamer who was like, I can't remember his name, but he was streaming some game for the longest. And like, he was like known for streaming that game. And when they did the streamer awards and I think it was role playing maybe or something like that, when they gave him the award, like he said, like, this is the first time I've ever had like recognition ever. Like I've been doing this. He's been doing it for the love of it. He's, first time he's ever got recognition like yeah you get recognition like subs and stuff like that from your subscribers and your and your followers and stuff like that but it's something different when you're recognized on a higher stage for how dope you are like we all deserve and crave that so i thought that was so fly and so fire um and i wanted to share that again check out the video in the description i'll be sharing that um got a few more gems i want to share because i'm i'm gonna be getting out here in a little bit I'm going to uh, ride my bike around before I have to head back to Fresno. Also go visit some friends. So a couple more gems I wanted to share with you guys was. Um, oh, I wanted to share. Alex Ramosi did an interview on the Impact Theory. Uh, I guess you could say show. I don't want to say podcast. And he was just talking about how. I think he was just talking about. He was talking about a lot of things, but the thing that I remember was talking about perspective and he was just talking about how like when we do something at first we suck you know and the problem that we have sometimes is that we quit when we suck like we're not supposed to be good we're not supposed to be good at all and he kind of spoke to that about like sales like when you sales is like one of those jobs where like you're going to knock on the first or let me take a step back he was explaining when it comes to sales you might be the, the best salesman ever, but you might never know that because the first 10 doors you knocked on, you got nose and you quit. Like, you're new to it. You, that's going to happen. Like, you're not going to, even if you're the best salesman, there's going to be a point where you don't know anything. So you go knock on these doors and you're going to get told, no, this is what it is. But it's about pushing through and learning and learning and learning. And then from that, you'll grow into, you know, where, where you're going to be and where you're supposed to be. And I really, I really felt that because as he's explaining it, I was trying to think to myself, like, is that, have I had an experience like that where something I was doing that was just like so abstract, I just thought to myself like, yeah, I'll never be able to do this. And it's literally what I'm doing now, like not even the podcast, but the podcast too, but video editing. Like I remember the first time that I downloaded DaVinci Resolve 
And if anybody who's a DaVinci Resolve knows this, you open up DaVinci Resolve and it looks like the most complex fucking program. Sorry, I apologize for the question. The most complex program ever. It's like meters everywhere, multiple timelines, you know, viewer windows, all these different knobs and things. And it just looks like you just sit there and look at it for the first time. Like, I'm never going to figure this out. Like, dead serious. I'm never going to figure this out. And I remember, I really remember telling myself that, like, I'm never going to figure this out as a streamer. Because I'm like, I, to be a streamer, I have to, be success, to be successful as a streamer, I need to record, I need to edit social media clips. And I just looked at it like, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm cooked. <laughs> and I truly felt that way. But, you know, I think to myself now what, shoot, had to be like, three years ago since I've been using DaVinci Resolve like I I wouldn't say I'm the best at it but I'm very solid when it comes to DaVinci Resolve like I'm pretty confident in my abilities to throw some stuff together now do I always want to that's besides the point but am I confident in my ability absolutely and I think it's so dope to really to really see that truthfully in my own life to see that you know if I had gave up on the first like five social media clips that I was trying to make with DaVinci Resolve, what would have done for me? You know, how, you know, I wouldn't even be doing this that I'm doing right now. Like I'll just figure, I would literally be trying to figure out a different way of making content, making videos and stuff like that. And like, and like why it might've still worked, I wouldn't have got the skills and even understanding how to set up my camera better, you know, and I wanted to really just share that insight with you guys, share that story about, you know, kind of overcoming that feeling because I'm pretty sure you've either been there or you might be there right now where you're doing something. You're like, I'm absolutely garbage. Like nobody will ever pay me for this. Nobody's going to watch this. Nobody's going to buy this. If you're doing clothes, like, you know, that's you know and it might it might be the truth but there's a lesson to be learned you know you might make a shirt and it might be fucking busted but in making that shirt there's a lesson to be learned okay maybe i shouldn't put this color and this color together maybe i need to make the logo bigger maybe i need to make it the logo smaller you know there's lessons to be learned in all the things that we do and it, it really does take repetitions like you really have to do things over and over again with your head down and just continue to to love the process and keep and keep going and going and going and you're gonna find yourself at a point of inflection where you're like wow i'm actually making dope stuff like some of the when i go back and watch some of my podcasts and not even to be boastful but like i think to myself like i recorded this by myself and edited this myself and they're still mediocre to me but nonetheless like wow I never thought that I would make anything remotely dope in my life. Um, so, yeah, like, whatever you guys are doing, or even if you want to try something new, like, just, you know, dig your heels in and just enjoy it. Enjoy the negative parts of it. You know, be okay with sucking. <laughs> you know, there's kind of there's a lot of fun in it. Try Just try everything. You know, I'm going to be trying... I mean, I've been taking up scripting and, you know, I kind of suck at it. Like I, the thought, like, like me trying to understand it 
it's it's hard for me. It's challenging, but I'm going to keep on doing it because at one point I do want to make a short film. And it, I'm not I'm not saying like be a film director or anything like that, but I do want to explore this this aspect of videography and photography and script writing some of those things one of those things where I'm like, yeah, let's why not? Let's do it. And I suck at it. And hopefully at one point I get good at it. And if not, I'll just hire somebody else to do it for me. <laughs> but yeah, um, just wanted to share that inside with you. And I'll kind of leave you guys on this last one. This is more like a, a business strategy thing. Sorry if I'm talking very fast and boom, boom, boom. But again, I, my notes aren't as fleshed out on this as it's been a lot of just a lot of thoughts, a lot of things, as you, as you can tell. This podcast is a, is a little overdue, but again, I'm not pressuring myself. This is my own version of self-discovery, and there's no rush on, on the thoughts that I have in my head and whatnot. So, yeah, just sharing these thoughts with you. Recently, there's a brand that, I, there's a brand that I've been following for a long time, World Envision, um, and it's like a dope, dope brand out of uh, Louisiana, and they're all about, you know, help people share their vision you know uh, everybody has a vision they deserve to share it so they they give they have their own clothing brand but they also give people the tools necessary to grow their own brand and and share their own vision and blah 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 so i thought it was really i thought it was really dope um what they do and recently they, they made a video about how to grow and grow brand on social media um and i would recommend you guys go watch it again i'll put it i'll tag it down below but there was something they talked about in that video. Sorry, I had to stretch a little bit. But getting sore. But there's something they shared in that video about, you know, having a stand. Well, not they. It was a there was a guy in there. Can't remember his name right now. But I I put his name down below. You probably even put his at sign because he was a really dope guy. He shared his. He shared like the the concept of like holding yourself to a standard of excellence. You know, I've been talking about this lately as well in my personal life that you have to hold your he's explaining it in this way that you have to hold yourself to a standard of excellence so that no matter who you're dealing with, you're they're all you're all, always dealing with them with the best version of yourself. And, you know, in doing that, you'll find yourself in great opportunities. You know, um, this is something I've been very, very bad at, especially when it comes to like my appearance. Like, as you can tell, hair's not cut. You know, beer's not cut. You know, I'm always going to dress casual. You know, I'm always going to be casual. But I do want to hold myself to a higher standard of excellence in, in all the things that I do and the relationships I have and the work that I create and the work that I do at actual work and the conversation that I have and the way that I carry myself. Like, I do want to move with a level of excellence. And I think him speaking to that and saying, like, he got himself in some rooms with some people where he's like, wow. I, you know, same thing. I, I can't imagine. I, I've never imagined myself in these rooms with these people, but it all stems from having that standard of excellence because the the beautiful thing is, um, you know, you're you're, you're going to find yourself in situations where other people, you know, work is a good example. You're going to find yourself at work where people are slacking off, you know, um, you might feel underappreciated and things like that. And it's, it might be easy to, you know, kind of slack off and what they call a quiet quit. Dude, just do, was vital to the title, just do the bare minimum. But 
I do feel like you have to, not only for yourself, but for the person that you're going to be, you have to hold yourself to a standard of excellence. Like, forget if your boss recognizes you or not. You want to always do the best work because your boss might not recognize you, but somebody else in that company might recognize you. Somebody above him might recognize you, might recognize you. The next person at the next company might recognize you. So you always, you know, <clears throat> that's something I'm trying to sink into my brain is like, you always want to move a standard of the utmost excellence in all the things that you do. You know, it's been tough. I'm not the best at it. I'm still working on it, but you know, I wanted to share that with you guys, you know, no matter what you're doing, work, you know, family, just walking down the street, hold yourself to the highest standard. And I'm pretty sure you'll attract other people doing the same thing, which will give you a lot more opportunities, you know? So, yep, that's my last gym of the day. Um, Again, appreciate you guys for joining me on another episode of the Monkey Mind Journal. Um, <clears throat> if you do me a favor, if you guys enjoyed it, again, share this with one person. I very much so appreciate that. Um, if you guys are listening to the audio version, again, if you're on Spotify, like it and subscribe. If you're on Apple Podcasts, give it five stars. If you're watching a YouTube video, like and subscribe. And again, share it with one person. Thank you guys for this episode of Mike My Journal. It's your boy Woozy, and we out of here. Peace. Uh, you know I'm back again. Like I never